So, Steve, as you may already be aware of, we're a movie podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you know what movie people like to do when they watch a movie? They like to chow down on some poppy corn, some popped mm-hmm. corn, right? Right, right. I've heard of this. Mm-hmm. I got some news for you here. You know, you've seen popular movie popcorn brand Act 2 on the shelves, right? uh-huh. You might... Or might not know this, but there was also an Act 1 popcorn at one point. Did you know about this? <laughs> Tell me about it. Okay, Act 1 popcorn was actually a refrigerated popcorn because it had actual butter in the box, right? Mm. So whenever you microwaved it, it would be actual butter in the bag and stuff, but you had to keep it refrigerated. Okay. Act 2 was their scientific revolution where they figured out how to put a artificial butter in the bag and it doesn't require refrigeration, right? Okay. I'm just putting it out there. You know, the times, they are a-changing. Things are always moving. People are always gravitating towards those new trends and stuff like that, as we know. Uh-huh. And I want people to know they heard it first, right here, on Dead and Lovely, the greatest horror movie review podcast in the world. I'm just going to go ahead and roll out the debut of Act 3. Okay. Which what is... happens in Act 3? It's a vape popcorn. It's the popcorn <laughs> that you vape. Act three. And you heard about it here first. Here first. On Dead and Lovely, <laughs> the greatest podcast that there is. Here with the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve, vaping popcorn over here. Yeah, you over there just vaping that corn. Old corn uh-huh. vaping Steve, they call him. That's what they say. I bet that somewhere out there, though, there is like just a corn-flavored vape, right? Oh, there has to be. And somebody buys it and loves it. <laughs> got me, You got my corn-flavored vape bath there, don't you? <laughs> it would just be so surreal to be hanging out in front of a, a gas station or something like that, and you walk through a cloud of someone's vape, and you're like, is that just corn? <laughs> like, it's literally just corn. He just what? nods at you. Aye, laddie. What? What? <laughs> Who is this? Where am I? <laughs> How you been doing this week, Steve? Man, I've been kicking it. I've been uh, I've been uh, getting stuff done. Been having a good time. How about yourself? TCB, baby, TCB. Just another week of taking care of business and taking in some flicks, including the topic of today's show, mm-hmm. Little Monsters. We're going to be reviewing that thing later on after we shoot the shit, catch up, talk about what we've been watching, chug on a co-beer, enter the preview palace and all that stuff. But if you just... Want to get to the movie review portion? There's a timestamp for you. It's down there. Just go you ahead. You don't have to hang out with us and waste your time being one of the cool kids or whatever. <laughs> if you're just looking for a yes or no, yes, watch it. It's yeah, good. watch it. Yes. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next See week. See you guys later. <laughs> bing, bang, bong. <laughs> but yeah, click on that timestamp if you want to just find out where to go to get to the movie review. But before we do that, Steve... I've been watching myself some things and doing some stuff this week that I I just want to tell you about. I want to tell you about them. Let's hear about it. All right. Now, Steve, one of my favorite Christmas presents that I got from my wife for a Christmas is the the recently published Last Book on the Left by the the homies over at Last Podcast on the Left. Uh Uh-huh, right. uh, Which is fantastic. I blew through the whole thing. It's just detailing... The lives and crimes of a, about eight or nine different serial killers through the modern age. It was a fascinating read. They did a great job. I'm a huge fan of that podcast. They do great work. And, you know, one of the chapters in there that I really got stuck on, of course, is the chapter about 
old Jeffrey D. I'm talking about our boy <laughs> Jeff Dahmer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Nutty guy, nuttier than squirrel poo, real, real wild guy. Yeah. And, you know, since I read that, I then kind of got like re refascinated, if you want to call it that. Okay. And did some deep diving, and I've just been doing a lot more research and stuff about him, and even listened to some other like crime podcasts about the life of Dahmer and stuff. And something really struck me as I was doing all this research and reading about Jeffrey Dahmer and stuff. It's just something that I hadn't even really considered before, because... You know, I think we all know the life and crimes of Jeffrey Dahmer, noted right. um, man killer, uh, child killer, uh, cannibal, part-time cannibal, full-time drinker. He liked yep. to party. <laughs> and Steve, here's here's what I was thinking about, because this is just an angle I hadn't really considered, okay? All right. When you think about your average day in the life of Jeffrey Dahmer, you've just worked a shift... Working the mixer at the Ambrosia Chocolate Company, mixing uh-huh. up the chocolate. Jeffrey Dahmer in the Chocolate Factory, very scary thought. You go home, begin boozing hardcore. Duh. You leave your apartment or leave your grandmother's basement. You go to one of the many nightclubs and stuff that he would frequent. You get in the door, you're buying some drinks, you meet a guy, mm-hmm. you also buy him some drinks and stuff. Then he would proceed to go and like rent a motel. We know where it goes from there. Fucking kills him. Dismembers him. You know, he's got like the the barrel. He soaks the bodies in muriatic acid and all this stuff. You know, we're talking about even going and buying suitcases to stuff bodies in and all that jazz. And the fact is, is that he was able to do all of that on what had to be the meager salary of somebody who was just mixing chocolate for a living at a factory. Man, the economy back then was just crazy easy to succeed in. It was. It really was. To get rid of cereal chips. (laughs) Be kicking with tons of money. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Can you imagine trying to get all of that stuff done that Jeffrey did in today's economy on a meager salary? Nobody's got two jobs. You know, maybe that's what it was. They were like, oh, we'll tank wages. (laughs) I got too much free time on their hands, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, if you keep them busy, they won't have time to do all the all the boy killing and stuff like that. I think you're right, man. Because seriously, if you have a part time job, I don't even think you can support being a full time alcoholic. No, no, I don't know how you would. You you the could support being a part time alcoholic for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You could make like a hobby of it, but you couldn't go full pro with it, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm, it was a simpler time back then, Steve. A simpler time. The yeah. dollar really went a lot farther. It did, it did, toward murder. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, other than reading that book and stuff, I did have time to watch some movies. Not a lot of horror stuff this week, Steve, but I've watched a lot of things. What you been watching? Tell you about them. Tell me all about it. You ever heard of A Gone in 60 Seconds with (laughs) Nick Cage? (laughs) Yes. Because I watched that for the first time since probably, like, high school. Uh Uh-huh. And how'd you feel about it? It's a treat. It, it is. is a treat it is. of a movie. It's a good time. That's one of those ones that, like, back whenever it came out, I kind of poo-pooed on because I was like, I just read Fight Club. I'm, I'm so much smarter than, than this. this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. I listen to Dream Theater. This is beneath <laughs> me. But, dude, nowadays, if you can't watch Nicolas Cage and his crew stealing some cars and have a good time... You might be a redneck. Well, you might not be a redneck. You might not be a redneck. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know <laughs> if you'd run into any redneck who doesn't like Gone in 60 Seconds. Unless oh, he's man. like, it took him too long. 
Should have been gone at 45. Didn't steal enough Fords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a blast, man. That's it a really is. fun movie. I'll tell you one that I watched from around that same era that turned out to not be a blast so much as I remembered. Rewatch Twister. Uh-huh. <laughs> not great, Dude, right? I'm telling you what, not a lot happens in that movie. No. Not a lot happens. Like, when you think about Twister, you're thinking about, like, Bill Paxson and No Way Down and Humans <laughs> Being and that jamming soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Then you watch the movie and you're just like, well, there's a there's some people trying to get this thing up in this storm and they miss it a few times and then they get it. Yeah. That's kind of it. The movie somehow inspired a bunch of people to want to be storm chasers. That it did. It did not have that effect on me. How it didn't bore them before they decided to become storm chasers. Like, I've never been a Twister fan, so I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, watching it with perspective, you can you can see that it's not great. Yeah, it's just boring. It's it's there's not a lot that happens. The the storm parts are cool, but they're few and Mm -hmm. far between. Oh, and they're not aging gracefully, I'll tell you that. Yeah. They're not aging gracefully. That was like one of the big draws, I think, for that movie back in the day, is it was just like, oh my God, they didn't harm any actual tornadoes in the making of this movie. And it's <laughs> like, you watch it now, and it looks pretty shot, man. Yeah. The cast does. is like ginormous. Oh, absolutely. Everybody yeah, is Phil in that Seymour thing. Seymour Hoffman and Helen Hunt and all of them, yeah. Uh-huh. Dread Pirate Roberts is in there, man. Uh-huh. Got everybody in there. But yeah, just overall, not good. It just goes to show you, like, nostalgia doesn't necessarily tinge everything. Because I know that that is a movie I watched a million times back in the day, and I loved it. I go back now, and I'm like, yeah, this just kind of sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You get into, I think with some movies, when it comes to nostalgia, like, you get into a groove with them. Maybe they came on a channel a whole bunch, so you've seen them a lot, but, like, never fully paid attention. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, when you finally do fully pay attention, it's like, wait, what? Why am I watching yeah, this? <laughs> totally. I'm thinking back, and I'm like, maybe what I really liked was the soundtrack and just hanging out with my friends, which is probably what I was doing while we were watching it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always a fun time. Yeah, I think so, too, man. So I've made, like, a little bit of a decision recently that I should start getting into some Westerns, because Westerns oh, are a genre I've primarily ignored. My wife and her family are all about Westerns and stuff, and that's just one of those things I've never really been interested in. Like, I love Tombstone. Tombstone's fucking amazing, obviously. And, um, you know, I think I'm trying to ease myself into it by watching some of those ones that are like, yeah, it's a Western, but it's like a little bit more modern, a little bit more fun. Like the other week there, I watched The Quick and the Dead. That was fun. That's a good one, right? This week, we decided to kind of put a toe in the water, try to ease me in a little bit. This isn't exactly a Western, but it has Western elements, and it's one that I somehow made it through my entire life up to now without seeing fucking City Slickers. Oh, really? You haven't seen City Slickers? I'd never seen it. I had never fucking okay, seen it. Okay, how was it? How'd it hold up? I had a good time, man. I had a good time watching it. There's there's elements in there that are like also not aging very gracefully. Um, definitely not going to pass a Bechdel test or anything like that anytime right. soon. But it was still like enjoyable and had a lot of heart. And now I get to watch uh, City Slickers 2. You're going to go search for, for Curly's Curly, Gold? Search, search, yeah, search for yeah. Curly's Gold. It's yeah, still I'm out watch there. That one if, anybody's, if anybody's looking for gold. Yeah, if you need some, go find some. <laughs> Yeah, I had a good time with it, though. It was an enjoyable one. I also, man, now that I think about it, I have really just been stuck in that decade this week because I also watched fucking Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. I I have seen Tommy Boy more recently because my wife uh, loves Tommy Boy. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those ones that like so many people from our age group just yeah. fucking worship that movie. You know what the conclusion I came to was? I don't think I've ever watched the whole Tommy movie? Boy. Yeah. No. Tommy Boy is a movie I've seen lots of parts of along the way because it used to come on a ton on yeah, something totally. back in the day. Uh, yeah. Rewatching it, I kind of felt the same way. It was like, wait, what was this about again? <laughs> like, yeah, because the thing is, is like I remembered scenes from it and stuff, like the the deer scene and all that jazz. Like I remembered all that, but like if you'd have asked me, what is Tommy Boy actually about? I'd have been like, uh, you know, actually, I don't know. Selling brake pads, right? <laughs> Selling brake pads. Yeah. yeah, that's what the movie's <laughs> <That's> about. It. <laughs> yeah, it was it was enjoyable, man. It it's also again one of those things where it's just like, okay, how many times is the joke gonna be? Have you noticed Chris Farley is fat? Isn't that right. hilarious? Yeah. But man, he was absolutely a treasure, man. He was fucking yeah, amazing. He was. He was. Uh, yeah. That that movie and Black Sheep were basically the same movie. <laughs> It seems to me. I know that uh, Black Sheep is about politics and Tommy Boy is about brake pads, but pretty much the same movie. Pretty much the same movie. Yeah, maybe I should watch that one next and see how that holds up. Yeah. Uh, last night for our DocuMonday documentary watching experience, we watched Crazy Not Insane, which is on HBO. Oh, I haven't heard uh, of this. Which was pretty fascinating, man. It was all about like the brains of serial killers and how... Oh, okay early head traumas and stuff like this could inspire monsters. Oh, that is a big indicator. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it also dealt a lot with uh, what we now recognize as like DID, like Dissociative Identity mm-hmm. Disorder, what back mm-hmm. then they would have called Multiple Personality Disorder, and uh, the role that it might play right. in the thought process and actions. Uh, the main like psychiatrist and stuff that was in it was one of the people that also interviewed like Ted Bundy, and some other uh, heavy hitters. So it was a pretty interesting watch. It was put together really well. Uh, I would recommend checking that out. Awesome. And then the only horror movie that I, I watched this week, boy, I, I made sure it was a good one, Steve, because I watched um, Night of the Demons, Hell the yeah. 2009 remake that I didn't know oh, existed. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was oh, excited. Oh, yeah. It's like, good, <laughs> not good. Oh, my God, man. It is just fucking terrible. Like, I figured yeah, that it would be it. bad, you know? Yeah, that's my assumption it, is it would be terrible. So uh, is that is that true? Oh, dude, it's so fucking bad. But it's not even, like, fun bad. Like, oh, my God, this is so terrible. Because even, like, the original Night of the Demons, I love. I love that movie. Yes, but it is absolutely amazing. a, like, this is so ridiculous and yeah, over the top and fucking 80s silly. that it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has, like, Edward Furlong in it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like automatically <laughs> okay this is just not fun <laughs> yeah it was uh it was very terrible i do not recommend watching that one but maybe you got some recommendations what i should check out this week steve i do i have some good ones um and i'll, I'll hold the best for last Ooh. Uh, i watched synchronic with that uh, uh with the falcon and christian gray in it i don't know nothing about that oh well okay so you haven't seen resolution or the endless and we're gonna have to remedy that at some point mm. uh, Fix me up daddy oh this this is in the same universe as those two movies uh the resolution the endless and synchronic all share a universe but they're all separate movies but they're they're all like they in they illuminate each other 
basically it's it's a pretty okay. cool bit but synchronic uh involves time travel and uh it's fun and i enjoyed it does he go back in time and his own mom wants to, to bang him because <laughs> that's my kind of time travel movie yeah i also watched sputnik which is a russian sci-fi horror movie i heard this was good it is good it is good it's very much russian like, oh, uh, very Russian, They speak huh? all sorts of Russian in it. They don't speak any English. It's crazy. Is all of the gore borscht? It is. It comes out I and you're like, is so. that beets? Are those carrots? <laughs> is that chicken? Beet what? liquid. <laughs> that man was full of beet liquid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sputnik is, is well worth a watch. And I, I was surprised that the the alien looks so good because I'm pretty sure all CGI. I'm not, not positive, but. Look good. Hmm. Did it turn you into one of them damn old red communists there, comrade? He did. As I was watching oh, it, I no. was like, oh boy, I want to I wanna, uh, live in the USSR. It's set in the USSR. <laughs> uh, so that's what you that's... say when you decide you want to be communist. I want to live in the USSR. Well, I said that long ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is Zangief in it? Um... There was no guy that looked like Zangief, and that was a problem I had with it, as <sighs> most be an Russians issue. look like Zangief. Yeah, I would assume so anyway, right? Yep, as they ride around on their bear. How many spinning pile drivers were in the movie, Six, though? but not enough, Ooh. but six. Well, okay, so Zangief <laughs> was still there in spirit. In if there spirit, were some pile yeah. drivers, what spun? I, she did, like, the main character did say, this is for Zangief. Mm, mm. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll take it. <laughs> I also watched Alien Covenant, which I've put off for a few years. Oh, my God, dude. I can't believe, for one, that like you're just now getting around to it, but also, now that you've watched it, uh, which I saw it when it came out, I'm also like, man, I'm so sorry that you watched that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know what, honestly, no worse than Prometheus, but I they're both terrible. I can't argue with that. They're man, both bad. dude. Did you like the absolute disrespect to the, um, what's her name, from the first one, from Prometheus, where uh -huh. they're just like, uh, where is she? Uh, she died. Yeah, That's it. I performed experiments on her. Yeah. Off-screen, non-death. Like, wow. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it, it really was just full of dumb characters making dumb decisions, and then xenomorphs. Yeah, yeah. It's just hard to care about. But not even, like, cool xenomorphs. Like... So fucking many xenomorphs that it wasn't even surprising, and it was the what did they call him, the bishop or whatever they called that that particular alien? I can't. Oh remember. right, I didn't pay enough attention. <laughs> yes, but yeah. I know what you're talking. The big, the big one at the end. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's not good. Like I was nah. so hopeful with the Prometheus thing. I even remember when Prometheus came out. Like we watched it, and I was like, man, that sucked. But it must have been on me because God. Really, Scott's awesome, and I love aliens, so maybe I did a bad when I watched it, so I <laughs> did all kinds of, like, rationalizing and mental gymnastics to try to make that movie make sense, and then finally I went all the way back around again where I was like, no, it's just bad. <laughs> no, it's just bad. Yeah, you you plumbed the depths and found, absolutely, it's just terrible. And, yeah, yeah. That's, so, uh, don't recommend. But no. the most important movie I watched all year so far ben whoa psycho Goreman. i have been hearing so many people tell me that this movie is straight up my alley might even be my street it's straight up 
everybody's alley, I hope. Because if you're not up that alley, I'm worried about you. It is. Oh, man. Hellraiser meets Power Rangers. Uh, it is. It is. It is comedy. It's honestly probably kid friendly, depending on what level your kid's at. Yeah. Um, It's absurd. It's hilarious. It's gory as hell. It's so good. I loved it. Damn, man. Yeah, I I keep hearing that it's just amazing and is like very much a love letter to like 80s horror and monster flicks and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's and it 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 reminded me of Venture Brothers actually in some ways okay. as it continually introduces these interestingly designed characters and never gives you background on them. It's just like, hmm, here's all these characters. And then somebody might say a name or something. And you're like, oh, that one's name is Cassius 3000. Got it. Why? <laughs> who? Why does he have a robot bird? I don't understand. Uh, it sounds kind of like Fury Road in that way, where there's just like yes. bonkers characters. And it's just like, I don't know. You figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the, it's It's got that going for it. But it, it's also just so fucking funny the main um characters are kids and they're awesome they're like Mm -hmm. good characters and good actors just exactly what you want i i cannot sing its praises enough and by the time this comes out hopefully everybody's already seen it because it's so good damn man even the poster looked really cool it's rad isn't it (laughs) it's so yeah yeah it looks like something I totally would have seen on the shelves at Video West uh-huh. back when I was a, a kinder kid. Yeah, that's exactly what I feel like they were going for is just like that feeling that you had as a 80s, 90s kid walking through the the horror section and looking at all the boxes. Uh, nice. It's, it's great. I, I loved it. So what's it on it. right now? Is it um, streaming? It's it's rentable on Amazon. It's uh, there was a shutter production card at the beginning so i assume it's going to be on shutter soon enough okay cool man well i will definitely check it out because it just seems like everybody that i know that's into horror has just been in love with this thing i've not seen anybody be like yeah it sucked or anything you know i haven't either so i I can't imagine if if somebody just absolutely hated it probably be somebody who's just disconnected from that feeling entirely Maybe somebody hmm, they was might born. be a redneck. They might. They might very well. <laughs> Actually, no, again, this is something rednecks would yeah. love. <laughs> so I should get right into get it. Get right into it. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, I've got a recommendation for you. And I don't know if you're ready for this, but I think it's something that you're really going to like. It's actually located on your right side. It's uh-huh. a big brown bottle okay. that's full of liquid beer. Liquid beer. That's my favorite mm-hmm, type There's of one beer. over there. Do you see it? Uh-huh. And I'm just going to pour it into this glass as I had already done. Uh- I recommend that you put this into your face because today we are both drinking another Buddy beer. We joined up for this one here. This is a Maine brewing company from Freeport, Maine. This is their Wolf's Neck IPA. Um, I wish that it was... Uh, What's Danzig's tattoo? Wolf's blood? Which is a wolf's blood. blood. Yeah. It's a 6.5% and this thing is so fucking good. We've done a couple beers from Maine Brewing Company on the show before. We've done their their lunch and dinner IPAs. Maybe we did the Peeper or something like that. I can't remember. This one, as far as like just a standalone 
drinking a beer to have yourself a good time with a beer in your hand and all up in your face, this might be my favorite one for just a standalone drinking okay, beer. Okay, okay. I'm excited then. Yeah, yeah, because the lunch and the dinner are are both absolutely amazing beers, and they pair so nicely with food because they're not like super, super mega boldly flavored, like where it's just going to overpower your meal, you know, your food meal. This one right here is one you just want to drink on its own. You don't want no food clouding up your palate while you're sipping on a wolf's neck. You heard it here first. So it smells nice and hoppy. I like that. Yes. We'll have to yes. Get me a little taste of it here. Oh, yeah, man. And again, this is one of those IPAs that, um, as I've been talking about for the past couple months, it just tastes like a really hoppy beer, and that's what I'm really into right now. It doesn't taste like it has a fucking, you know, quart of fruity pebbles in the mash or anything like that it just tastes like a really nice hoppy pale ale what do you think about that it's uh it's really clean but it's like there's like so much going on it's like a full-on experience of taste like just like a it's got a little maltiness on the back yeah it's like it's got that hoppiness it's got that maltiness it's like well balanced i mean that's exactly what we've said about every main beer company beer i think is yep. well balanced it's well balanced yeah the thing about it is with with this one and with the lunch and the dinner and all the other ones too that you're talking about about their their balance level which i completely agree with i think the cool thing about it is that they are balanced but not boring like that could be this company's fucking slogan yeah it's definitely got uh, a distinct flavor good and hoppy i like it it's like a an experience as i said it, it's just like a whole bunch of tastes but like really balanced oh yeah yeah and it's like a little bit funky and hoppy and a little bit sweet up front but then that kind of gives way to a little bit of bitterness on the back end which is great i feel like i feel like ipas aren't bitter like they used to be and yeah, i know that I that is that my a little bit yeah I, I think a lot of us my palate's getting fried you know that's true but i think also too it's just that a lot of ipas don't do that anymore because they're just like fucking sugar bomb you know um fruit flavored beer drinks a lot of the times so i like the fact that this gives me a little bitter beer face (laughs) you've been drinking some uh not keystone that's right (laughs) it reminds me of a not keystone that's how i review this beer (laughs) yeah it's not keystoney like at all (laughs) Yeah, no, this is really good. I honestly, you said uh, it doesn't have to go with food, but I bet this would be good with a steak or anything else rich, anything kind of rich to counterbalance the different hoppy and malty levels. I could see that hmm. working. Yeah, yeah, something just like nice and simple like that. That would probably work out pretty damn well, man. Yeah, it's a tasty, tasty cold beer. Main Brewing Company knows what the fuck is up. I'll yes, tell you they that. Do. I'll tell you that, man. Absolutely. I'm glad you're enjoying that, Steve. And now I would like to just usher this show forward, onward, into that little section of the show that we call the Preview Palace. Ma'am, may I see your ticket? Oh, D5. All right, we're going to take you right over here. You're going to be in the center okay, thank seat. You. Thank you. That right there, oh, that's wonderful. the Preview Palace. Welcome. Oh, thanks. It's great to be here. It's great to be here in the Preview Palace. That was very cordial. That was a nice, cordial, smooth entry into the Preview Palace. I like to invite them in. That's right, man. Make it a welcoming atmosphere, right? All are welcome. All All are welcome. And you know what, Steve? This movie that we're talking about today, Little Monsters, Mm -hmm. 
concerns a group of kinder kids that are on a field trip to a petting zoo and then zombies start just running around all crazy nuts all over the thing. Zombies at a petting zoo. Mm-hmm. And so given that that is the subject matter of the movie, and my wife had the idea that we should take a little minute here before we get into the review and tell these busters about some memorable field trips from our days as Utes. And this is something that I'm excited to explore with you, Steve, because as a lot of our longtime listeners know, and some of our first-time listeners might not know, I was a homeschool. Yeah, I'm super excited to hear about your field trips as a homeschool. I'm going to tell you what, you're going to be blown away by how not all that exciting they are. (laughs) (laughs) But it'll be interesting. And also, too, like, I'm really excited to hear about some public school field trips because I just seem to always hear my my public school friends talk about going to fucking space camp and doing all kinds of cool stuff. And I was like, man, that sounds a lot cooler than my school field trips with my mom and brother. (laughs) Uh, Well, why don't I just go ahead and start with... I went to the NASA Space Center in Alabama. Oh, now you're just showing off. You're just showing off. You're talking about Huntsville, Alabama? Yeah, that's the one. Um, I remember the trip okay. Uh, this is going to be the problem is I, I don't remember these trips really well, but I I remember going. I remember eating some astronaut ice cream. I mm-hmm, remember yeah. hearing adults talk a whole lot. This was like pretty (laughs) common with field trips was you got to take your your medicine with your everything else. So the medicine was listen to adults talk a lot. (laughs) How like life. (laughs) Yeah. And then get to touch stuff. And I I don't really remember the museum or like all the stuff we did that well. I remember the astronaut ice cream, though. And I remember being very (laughs) disappointed with it. And just being like, boy, that sucks. Yeah, see, that's the thing. My brother, uh, my older brother Noah, see, he went to public school a few more years than I did. I guess he probably went all the way through like fourth or fifth grade, and that's when you took that field trip. So my brother actually did get to go. Oh. And uh, and then because I was homeschooled, I didn't get to go, which really sucks. Hmm. But I remember him coming back with some astronaut ice cream, which was kind of like eating flavored styrofoam yep that's what it was <laughs> it was like provide your own moisture type of thing it just sucked the moisture out of your mouth like yeah not fun <laughs> gotta save up a bunch of spit or borrow some from a friend to make that make sense yeah i do remember though <laughs> when we got home from that trip i went back back home and that night watched the episode of x files with the the two uh clone girls if anybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I do remember that well. I don't remember the rest of the trip so well, except for the astronaut ice cream. Dude, stuff like that. I'll tell you what, man, like those kind of recollections about the fact that you guys went to this space museum to explore and better understand how humans were able to evacuate the planet that we've lived on for our entire fucking mm-hmm. history and go right. to another place, go to the depths of space as brave sure. explorers. But as kids, we were like, astronaut ice cream yeah that's all you <laughs> like, care about that's what we really focused in on like kids are on drugs all the time i guess absolutely is what I'm saying. <laughs> did you get to do the the like gyroscope thing because i always remember seeing on commercials like they'd strap kids into that you're kind of like like splayed out like a pentacle and this gyroscope kind of flips around yeah that was for actual space camp 
Like if you were one of the the kids that was there for two weeks or whatever. Um, ah, yeah, okay. they didn't. Right. They didn't just let uh, field trip kids do that. I think because you probably had to sign waivers and shit. I always remember thinking that looked decidedly not fun at all. Yeah, it never looked fun to me at all. I was not interested. <laughs> no, that didn't seem like the thing to me, man. So, oh man, that's cool. Now, how does this tie into Space Jam? Did you do any Space Jam while you were out there? Uh, let's see. Everybody got up. It was time to jam. Now we did have a real jam going on. Okay. Yeah. All right. No. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Space Jam. Wow, that's really something, Steve. How about you, Ben? Tell me about your field tripping. <laughs> Well, Steve, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm excited. You know, homeschool these days, I'm sure, is very different than it was back when I was a kid. You know, in the in the late 80s, early 90s, when we were doing homeschool, that was when it was still a pretty, pretty unique thing. I think a lot more people are doing that now, and I'm sure that things have evolved in a way that they're maybe a little... Uh, better organized than some of the stuff that we did. But you know what, Steve? We were making memories. We made memories, including this one time that as part of a a homeschool field trip, like us and a bunch of other homeschool families that were part of our, our area there, we took a field trip out to a family that we knew that lives way off in the hills of Sneedville, Tennessee. Oh, wow. That was the trip? You went to Sneedville? We went to Sneedville. Uh Now, for those of you that don't live in East Tennessee, which is, I'm going to assume, most of you, whatever you imagine when you hear the word Sneedville, that's exactly what it is. You're right. It is that. Sneedville. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have a traffic light and a Hardee's, and I think they just got that about 10 years ago. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. So we went to check out this family that lived up on a farm... Uh, way off in the hills, like no, you know, indoor bathrooms. They had an outhouse. Uh-huh. They had goats and chickens and lived off the land. Later on, we found out they were Holocaust deniers. They didn't Obviously. have social security numbers because they were all born at home. Real fun stuff. Just wow, fun. So wait, th- this salt was like wholesome people. This was like homeschool ideal. They were like, look, kids, you could be this. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, I'm not exactly sure what the purpose was. Huh. <laughs> I don't know if the purpose was, this is an option, maybe, <laughs> maybe this, I don't know. Yeah, now that I think about it, I'm not really sure what the purpose of the field trip was. Maybe it was to be like, you know what, kids, you guys complain a lot. Look, you could live out here and not even have a social security number and have parents that deny that millions of Jews died during the Holocaust. You've got it made, kid. It did yeah, make me grateful. Uh, man. That is an interesting just concept in general. Taking kids yes. to Sneedville. Yeah, taking the <laughs> to kids show to them Sneedville. a family of potential assassins? I don't know. <laughs> and you know, the thing about it that I particularly remember, this is something that I took from that trip that has just stuck with me to this day. Um, I have like a borderline like fucking phobia of driving near vertical hills in my car okay i have nightmares about this like i have recurring dreams about driving my car up a really steep hill and it losing traction and sliding backwards or like even like falling backwards you know in a physical improbability recurring nightmare of mine it started at this field trip (laughs) okay at the time we were babysitting a uh a neighbor's little baby and this baby had like the colic where it was just crying 24 fucking 7 right uh huh 
So it's a great idea to put that in a car with me and my mom and my brother. And the the driveway to get up to this uh, farm commune place was a gravel road that was just, I mean, it looked like the goddamn aggro crag, just straight up. <laughs> and we were in my mom's little um, Ford Taurus wagon, old Gertie, which was always on its last legs anyway, uh-huh. um, and could just barely even you know drive to the grocery store anyway. So of course you want to be in that thing with my mom, who's a very nervous driver anyway, and a screaming baby going straight up this hill and the car like maybe about to give out on us. <laughs> that is absolutely the source of that phobia. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that it's is a good something. souvenir, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Permanent brought, life trauma. Home with you. <laughs> also, too, one time while we were out there during that day, we were walking on a trail and um there was like snakes and stuff on the trail and I was walking behind a kid who like everybody ahead of him, you know, had pulled aside this, like um, it was like a thorn branch of some kind that was like mm-hmm. blocking the path. Everybody kind of pulled it aside. Then, you know, whoever's behind you passes and you let it go. Well, the kid that was in front of me just like let it loose and boing, it like snapped back and just shredded my flesh. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So that was fun. That's Hooray. a homeschool field trip, baby. Woo! <laughs> I learned, uh, I don't know. Steve, what's your next one? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we uh, did this more than once, but uh, we went to the Museum of Appalachia. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Museum of Appalachia is not far from where I live currently. It's um, my wife told me that was a popular field trip destination. Yeah, and uh, no, I never, uh, never dreaded when we got to go to the Museum of Appalachia. Like other things, like when we went and saw Swan Lake when I was in third grade and I fell asleep. Uh, that stuff was just like, why would we do that? But Museum yeah. of Appalachia was like awesome. They have stuff. Um, there, mostly it was because of the souvenir shop. Cause they had little like pop guns and they had like beef jerky and stuff like that. Are you thinking about a cracker barrel gift shop, Steve? Yeah. It's kind of like that, except it smelled more smoky. Mm, love it. Which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, uh, the whole area museum of Appalachia just smell smells like a great campfire. They show you how they used to make soap in this area they tell you some of the history etc all of that was you know whatever it really was about going to the gift shop uh getting you know whatever a train whistle maybe uh whittled out of wood yeah Mm -hmm. those things are loud as hell too so when somebody would get one and then would be blowing it on the bus on the way back one of the teachers obviously would take it uh it was (laughs) an inevitability but Museum of Appalachia was awesome. I never, like, I never retained anything, honestly, from going there, except really loved going to the gift shop and really loved, like, that we were just outside most of the time. That was the worst thing about field trips was when they would take you in and make you listen to adults boringly talk. It's like, yeah. I want to run around. Isn't this about running around? So Museum of Appalachia was always perfect for that. Awesome, man. Maybe it's not too late for me to go. Maybe I can take a grown-up field trip. Yeah, it's in Clinton, not far away. Check it out. All right. Well, I'll scope that out, man. I don't know if it's going to be as memorable as my my number two field trip I have here on my list, Steve. Now, this is one that I remember very vividly from my 
childhood because, you know, we were broke. We were real poor growing up. Money was tight. Money was real tight. But this one year, my mom managed to scratch together enough dough to take me and my brother somewhere that probably my mom just kind of wanted to go to and go <laughs> to Biltmore in oh, Asheville, North Kakalaki. That was my next one. So we can just talk about it together. Awesome. Fuck yeah, man. Okay, awesome. Biltmore's great. So my experience was going to Biltmore. My mom had been before with some friends and she had like shown pictures and stuff and mm-hmm. actually thought it looked kind of cool because like that was right during that area or uh, era of like Beauty and the Beast and like mm-hmm. big haunted castles and mansions and shit. That was kind of interesting to me at the time. So I was excited to go. And um, my mom packed my brother and I into the car. Of course, the car didn't have no air conditioning. I don't think cars back then just regularly had AC. <laughs> At least not poor people cars, yeah. Because from my, no. uh, I'm thinking about it. From my perspective, I don't. I think it was like the mid '90s, the first time I was uh, regularly getting in cars with AC. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time you were blown in a car, right? <laughs> <laughs> So we rode up there with the winders down. You know, you got that that 240 AC, right? Two winders at 40 miles per hour. That's right. (laughs) We rode up there and, you know, old Gertie, this is Gertie again, my mom's uh, Ford Taurus station wagon that we had. I'm sorry, it wasn't a Taurus. It was an Escort, Ford Escort station wagon. Okay. uh, Which had an exhaust leak, so we were just breathing in some gas fumes pretty much the whole way up. Fuck. We get there, we park, we get right inside. My brother is like, I don't really feel very good anymore. Throws up. Uh-huh. We pretty much immediately turn around and leave. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. My brother oh, got just no. fucking sick from inhaling gas fumes, I guess, in the front seat the entire way up. And uh, probably all that mountain driving stuff, too. That's really twisty yeah, up there it from is. here. It's a, there's a lot of twists and turns on the way up there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So you didn't actually get to go. Have you gone since as an adult or anything? I have, yes. Okay. I went basically for the first time, um, it's probably like a year and a half ago, went with Lindsay and Thomas, and uh, it was great. We had yeah, a really, really fun. fun time checking it out and stuff. Like As a kid, I remember going up there and like seeing, like, oh, Napoleon's chess set. So yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Was. That's the one thing that really stuck with me was Napoleon's chess set. Mm-hmm. And by about that point, it was like, and brother threw up. Time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I bet my mom was so fucking let down, man. So you've been down to like the the gym and like the the pool and stuff since. Yeah, yeah. Way spooky and cool. That's that was my favorite part. Yeah, it was a good time, man. I, I had myself a good time whenever we finally went and like revisited it. I like to go and see it at, like Halloween and Christmas and stuff too. I think that'd be neat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they do decorations and stuff. That'd be fun. The thing that blew my mind about the pool was that it was all deep end. It was like 12 feet deep the entire Yeah, not for amateurs. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, can you swim? I guess you're drowning then. Sorry. Yeah, I think they were specifically using that to breed Victorian ghost children. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yes. This is a ghost breeding pool. This is where yeah. we drown the children to make ghosts <laughs> for the grounds. <laughs> yeah, Biltmore, Biltmore, though, is I would like to go and go to the uh, the vineyard and stuff. I haven't co- gone as an adult, but there, there's a lot of cool stuff to do there as an adult. But even as a kid, I was just like, I think maybe I was old enough at that point that I, I was like actually genuinely interested in it. So mm-hmm. it was it was fun. 
Well, dude, I'll tell you, if you ever get to go, um, I have kind of like a secret joke I want to drop on you that you should tell everybody there that's working and stuff, because I'm sure they've never heard this. And if you go up to them and you say, built more, I think they could have built less. (laughs) They love it. They love it. (laughs) What? Never heard Mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. Mm, No. (laughs) Wordplay. Wordplay is nasty. So... Uh, I guess th- both of us had the same number three. I'll go ahead with my number four, Ben, and this one, this one's gonna get you. The American Museum of Science and Energy in Oak Ridge. Oh shit! <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I think I went there. Did you that's go? on my list. Okay. The, the Oak Ridge Science Museum, right? Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Awesome. So that's actually one of the ones I was gonna say that like homeschool really pulled it together, and I went to that as well. That was gonna be the next one on my awesome. list because so it's we've fucking been awesome. Similar places. Good. So that's crazy. Did did you get to put your hand on the ball that made your hair raise? Fuck yeah, my bowl cut was pointed up in every which direction, that's dude. That's awesome. It was killer. Like, yeah. okay, one thing that I vividly remember from it is there is that room where it would like take a picture of your shadow, like mm-hmm. freeze your shadow on the wall. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I I don't remember too much about it aside from the ball, the shadow on the wall thing. But the thing that really sticks out in my mind is afterward, we went to the mall there in Oak Ridge. Yeah. And uh, I I thought it'd be real funny to buy condoms. Because <laughs> we were, it was like seventh or eighth grade. And I was like, this will be funny. Uh, and I bought, I bought condoms and it, it was funny. People were like, Stephen bought condoms. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I bought the cheap, the cheapest ones they had, which were unlubricated, which then yeah. someone quickly pointed out, did you buy unlubricated condoms? And I was like, uh, yeah. So suddenly I'm the joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know what he's doing with those dong bags. Yeah, I had no, of course not. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we're in seventh grade. You should not know. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. We both went there. So did anything else happen? Any any fun Dude, homeschool stuff? Nothing noteworthy, honestly. Oh, so there was, was no like there was no car sickness. Trip. Yeah, it was actually just like, oh wow, this is really cool and fun, and I really enjoyed it. And you know, Oak Ridge and the 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 nuclear program and all that kind of stuff. That's yeah, a that's a little city. piece of mm-hmm. East Tennessee history over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they also had some of the best pizza you could get in the Knoxville area for a long time. Big Ed's Pizza. Over at Big Ed's, that's mm-hmm. right, man. That's Still right. good. I'll tell you a, a cool piece of Oak Ridge history, too. You remember, like, way back in the day, if you see any photos of Oak Ridge from, like, the 19, yeah, you know, 40s, 40s and 50s, 50s and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that kind of logo that they used for the Oak Ridge nuclear stuff that was, like, it was, like, two woman's hands with, like, a an atom, like, floating above uh-huh. them while she was, like, yeah. holding the atom. Right. Those hands belong to my great aunt P. What? She was the hand model for that, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, pretty huh. crazy stuff, man. She's uh, she's long gone now. She's been long deceased, but she was a fucking pistol. That woman was awesome. Well, she could hold individual atoms, so that's pretty That's amazing. pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have, like, a lot of family members that, like, I really, really, really enjoyed being around and stuff, but, but Aunt, Aunt P was a badass, awesome. man. She was awesome. Yeah. And she held that atom, and she held it high. So, Ben, what's your next one? Okay, my next one here. Now, this is one of those things that, like, this is a definite old school homeschool thing, but this is also kind of like a 
probably one of those things you can relate to if you're like Southern and poor and taking vacations and field trips and stuff like that was a stretch. I think this was honestly more of a vacation, but it had field trip elements to it. Now, the kind of trashy element that I'm talking to is whenever you're broke and you have a neighbor mm-hmm. that's going to see like their sister or somebody over in Kentucky. Right. Sometimes you just ride along with them uh-huh. and occupy yourself and check out stuff while you're there. That's a field trip. That's a field trip. Uh-huh. Exactly right. We went to Kentucky. Yeah. And we checked out like the Gettysburg Museum and like reenactment village and stuff like that. Where you had like folks churning butter and tanning hides and just doing stuff that's really boring when you're like seven or eight years old. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's actually some VHS footage somewhere out there. I, I don't know if my mom still has it or not. Because somebody that we were with had a VHS camera and documented um, young Ben and his bowl cut and likely George just being a extreme weirdo, just mm-hmm. being fucking weird as all hell. Right. <laughs> There's footage of that floating around somewhere. And if I ever come across it, I would love to put that out there for the internet to enjoy because, shocker, I was not a normal child. Yeah. And uh, there's definitely some footage of me just romping the grounds of Gettysburg, uh, <laughs> being a little being a little strange kid. <laughs> Which side did Jesus fight on, Mom? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember it being like extremely boring. Like I could not <laughs> have cared less about anything that was going on there. I've never, I've never really liked American history anyway, but oh, I think yeah. even less so then. <laughs> well, Ben. My last one is going to be a little bit of a bomb I'm dropping on you that maybe you Uh didn't think about. You dropped a bomb on me, Steven. I remember this trip pretty freaking well because I was a grown-ass adult. This was when Uh we were at Walter State Community College. I wonder if it's the same one I have for mine. The art club went to the High Museum in Atlanta. You're goddamn right. And then we ate at a Red Lobster on the way home. It was awesome, man. It was a fun time. (laughs) The Red Lobster was probably the worst part of the trip. Oh, yeah. Red Lobster was definitely the worst part. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, like, I had actually sort of forgotten about that until I started compiling this list, and I was like, oh, I actually did go on, like, a bona fide field trip in college, because you're right. The art club and stuff, we all packed into a bus, and headed that way and it was fucking great man yeah. it was really really awesome i think that's when um you kind of actually introduced me to like the actual appeal of like uh uh shit color what am field i thinking like field color field there you go yeah, that's what yeah, i was looking for there, there was a pretty good exhibit i love color field painting man yeah yeah you're you're one of them rothko boys yeah absolutely and I, i've gotten to see more rothko that was the first time i got to see any rothko stuff like in person I've gotten to see a lot more sense and gotten even more into it. Just like, wow. I, I know it's simple and stupid, and I know a lot of people would be like, that's robot painting. It is robot painting. I'm a robot, and I like it. Yeah. Well, the thing that I didn't understand until I saw it in person on that specific field trip is like, when you're looking at like a, you know, postage stamp sized right. photograph of, one, of a color field painting in a book. It does literally nothing for you. But when you're standing in front of one of these things and it's your entire field of vision, like yeah. even your peripherals are full of just this color or this color gradient. It's almost like this weird sense of like sensory deprivation where you're just like, all that I see is a color. It's almost like having your eyes closed, only it's a color instead. And anybody who's, yeah, anybody who's 
done any painting knows how hard it is to maintain a single color consistency. Oh, Lord, and a man, lot yeah. of those color filled paintings are gigantic, single consistent colors. Yep. That's such an amazing feat. And I just didn't get it until I saw it in person. And yeah. that was also just such a fun trip for me too, man, because, you know, again, just because of the way that I grew up and stuff like that, um, the field trips that I had gone on were with conservative right. homeschool <laughs> weirdo people. And then to get to go on a field trip with a group of liberal weirdo art people, it was so refreshing because it was just like, wow, everybody here is cool and is into the same stuff that I'm into. It was just like a really lovely like, oh, this is why people enjoy these things. Yeah. I mean, uh, who who was there? We had old Holy Fard was there. Holy Fard. I think uh-huh. Kia was there yeah, too. Autumn she? was there. Yeah, it was a fun mm-hmm, time. Yeah, autumn. Autumn of the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. That was also for me, though. I mean, because I had done some high school field trips and stuff, but that was the first time I'd ever been on a field trip with a bunch of people that I actually liked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, it makes so it a lot like, better, shockingly. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that right there was definitely a really good time. My favorite field trip that I've been on, uh, for sure, for sure, without a doubt, man. I'm looking forward to hearing what our listeners' most memorable for better or worse. <laughs> I especially want to hear about the worst ones. Yeah, the those worst are the ones is that are really the good yeah, stuff. Yeah, the more entertaining. <laughs> Let's know about those over on the Facebook group, which you can join up and hang out with the cool boys, with them Rothko boys. Mm-hmm. Facebook.com forward slash dead and love. Forward slash Rothko boys. B-O-I-S. <laughs> Hang out with the cool kids. Uh, Look forward to hearing about your old stories and stuff there. And I've been looking forward to talking about this movie since I seen it the other night. Now, Steve, you told me about Little Monsters a month or two ago because you happened to stumble across it and watch it then. And you're like, man, it's a barrel of good things that are in a barrel. And I was like, I like how that sounds. (laughs) And I got to tell you, man, even with that glowing recommendation, it exceeded expectations i had just a wonderful time watching this flick i think that it is one of the better horror comedies that i've seen in a a really really Mm -hmm. long time man and i feel like too considering some of our recent picks that we've done on the show like let's say arachnophobia for example are like oh it's a horror comedy and it's like it's not really all that horror it's also really not all that funny so it's just uh this was a good palate cleanser after some of that stuff to me yeah i want to talk a bit about horror comedy actually because uh you know we just did young frankenstein which uh yeah uh, that's uh that's where the debate hinges i guess because i i i uh, our uh, good friend and your wife kate pointed out that she did not think that young frankenstein really is a horror comedy because of the horror part Mm -hmm. hot take hot take it's a good take i i think horror comedy is as a genre um the most hot and cold or the most black and white on either end because what you have is either black comedies just dark comedies like say cabin in the woods that are mm-hmm. solid pure horror films but also comedies yeah and then you have things like abbott and costello meet frankenstein which is like a spoof or a parody mm-hmm. Yeah, a scary movie kind of falls into that, too. Yeah, like, the only horror element is Frankenstein. And the Abbott and Costello are scared. But there's no real horror. 
Same with young Frankenstein. Like, you never get scared. The only horror element is that the the monster is there. But nothing yeah, yeah. about it is, is scary. So this is, is one where it's like, uh, this is fits the romantic comedy genre and and horror so if it's probably closer to the dark comedy area of of horror comedy i i don't mm-hmm. think anybody would debate that this isn't horror comedy because oh yeah yeah there's blood and gore and guts and zombies it's and, all there yeah yeah uh i i can see though how people have trouble with the the spoof and parody side still being considered horror because the horror is kind of gone there mm-hmm. but with sure, this sure. it's still very clearly there this is part of a, a sub genre that is real important here ben the rom zomcom rom zomcom that's just <laughs> fun to say that's just good fun yeah the first advertised rom zomcom of course was Shaun of the dead Oh, yeah, yeah. We did that on the show many moons ago. Check out that back episode. And you see, like, it's it. the focus of the movie is Sean's relationship. But there's also a huge zombie outbreak. Like, that. Yeah. that is how those things come together. There's a confluence. You have others like uh, Warm Bodies, which is about a, a girl who's in love with a zombie. <laughs> um, you have war, uh, uh, Life After Beth and Burying the Ex, which is they're both dealing with uh, what do you do if your person you're in a relationship becomes a zombie? Mm-hmm, yeah. This, the the zombies serve more to push along the romance. Yeah, true. That's what pits our characters together and makes them band together and get to know each other yeah. uh, better and develop their relationships and stuff. But they're not exactly the focal point of the movie as they are in, say, like a Romero flick or something. Right, yeah. So I, I like that... Um, the i mean i don't know how far you can take the rom zomcom because i I look at all those titles i just said and like kind of similar yeah they're all kind of similar this is kind of similar to Shaun of the dead in a lot of ways except it never never has any moments of pure seriousness i don't think yeah sean kind of gets real there towards the end this maintains levity throughout which yes I, I appreciate it personally. Even when the U.S. Army guys are considering killing kids, it's still a joke. Like yeah. that, not even like no. There's no guy with holding a rifle with a tear going down or anything. It's like it's still a joke. This is all still funny. So yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I I, I like that it maintains that tone throughout. It's silly. It's funny and all that stuff. Yeah, and the thing about this movie that I think works so well too is that. I think that it really knew its identity and how to take itself and how Mm -hmm. long it should stay around and how serious it should be because it's like you said, it never gets super mired down and like, fuck, I have to kill my mom who just turned into a zombie. It never gets super muddled down in that, but I also don't feel like it suffered because of that. No, no, it, it just keeps a fun, light tone. Yeah, exactly, man. And it's only like an hour and a half, maybe? Yeah, just like an hour and a half. It's a, it's... Like it never drags. There's never a point where I'm like, this is too long or why is this happening? It's all just like quick to the point, funny. Each scene has like humor to it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And like the thing about it is too, is it doesn't get super bogged down with explanation or exposition at all. Like not at all. (laughs) And the thing about it is, is like, I feel like that's this movie knowing who's going to be watching it. Like if you're watching this movie 
you probably already like zombie movies and stuff like that, and you don't really need to be told. Like, like if you're watching a Batman movie, we don't need to see fucking Martha clutching at her pearls and shit. Like, no, we, we get know. It. We've on. seen it so many times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that, like, Spider-Man Homecoming did so well. Don't give us the origin story. It's fine. We know. Just get going with the story. And with this, it's like, there's zombies because there is. We don't care. Just give me the zombies. Give me the uh, the horror comedy and romance elements and stuff like that. I don't need the explanation, and that's fine. Because as a horror fan, I'm just like, there's zombies because there are. Yeah, Who cares? I, I, I like the way that, like, in the background if you just pay attention what's going on with the the u.s army in australia uh they they've apparently had other zombie outbreaks before yeah there's no explanation of what's going on but they're obviously doing experiments on them and stuff like but all of that's just in the background they never take any time to explain it because this is about kindergartners going on a field trip and two people who probably would never come together coming together oh yeah yeah and it's really about that that character arc and that growing as a person angle that we get from our main character dave who Mm -hmm. through like three quarters of the movie is just an insufferable (laughs) fucking man child you know (laughs) and the thing about it is is like i feel like he's not the only one because even uh josh gad's character in this too is also just a horrible fucking prick of a man child character and Mm -hmm. you you look at the title of the movie with it being little monsters and you're like is it the children is it the zombies that are monsters or is it these fucking grown-ass men that are little monsters like in reality lupita nyong'o uh as the teacher in this is surrounded by little monsters of all different kinds. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's she's the only non-monster kind of. Yeah. The the kids are so freaking adorable. Dude, the kids in this, I'm telling you, like, I generally hate children uh, of, of any kind. <laughs> right. But whenever they're good, like, a couple of our, our friends' kids, I know, of course, I'll, I'm always going to be biased towards my friends' kids and stuff like that, but we got some friends that got some kids that are just yeah. like... They're awesome. Fucking, I, I want to put them in a, a pokeball and just carry yeah. them around all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah. But there's something about specifically non-American kids that, is so that can cute. be so fucking yeah. adorable. Yeah, because yeah. these are little Aussie kids, and dude, there's so many moments in here where they have such funny little fucking lines, and like their, their little c- curse word song that they sing. Oh, that's so adorable. <laughs> that the one kid, I think it's Felix, is constantly explaining what a douche is. Yeah, because because Dave explained it to him which is i just love like because the kids do they the actors come off so genuine they come off as just like this is just a kindergarten class like it doesn't even feel like they're being told what to say or whatever uh and felix in particular he he does so well at being like that little sponge that kids are just absorbing the things that his cool uncle does and wanting to be cool like his uncle. Totally, man. Really great writing, I think, for like, because like that's just how it. Like he, he's he's got this mom who obviously loves him and cares about him, and he's really happy with his mom. But uh, Uncle Dave comes around and he's something different, and he's cool, and he's like, you know, grown up or whatever. The kid doesn't know that, in fact, he's not grown up, and he's very much a man-child. Yeah, totally, man. He just knows that he's the guy that plays guitar and lets him play violent video yeah, games exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that uh, the kids do such a great job in this, and spe- specifically, like, 
Felix and the way that like the way that they play his character out is also really good because as you were saying like who is the little monster like um Dave says to Felix like right at you know after he's had that conversation with Miss Caroline and obviously you know he's he's becoming more mature he has that like moment with Felix where he's like, uh, what does he call him? He says, you're the bravest, most confident person I know. Yeah. And, and what what he's saying is that Fe- Felix is not afraid to be who he is. Like hmm. he has all these uh, uh, allergies. He's allergic to every single thing and all these yeah, kids are mean to him <laughs> and stuff. But he's still like happy and does his thing. Like he doesn't let it get him down. That's true. And Dave is the opposite. He he needs everyone to approve of him, and he needs everyone to like him and stuff. And he's just acting like a child, even though he's this grown ass man who needs to make a decision on who he's going to be. Right. Yeah. For sure, man. And it's cool too because you see elements in this movie where it's like, yeah, even though they are just kids and stuff, they still have skills and things that they know and things that they understand that are useful in these situations. Like I, I love how the whole like tractor scenario comes back around and is like actually Felix's interest in tractors and how he knows everything about right. tractors and how Dave doesn't know shit about how to drive a tractor. Like that actually comes back as like an important part of the storyline. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that about the movie too, where it's like, it's not just dunking on kids being like, kids no. are dumb. Adults are smart. Right. In fact, it's saying a lot of adults are really dumb. <laughs> Yeah, totally, man. But at the same time, it's like everybody kind of learns stuff from everybody in this where even, you know, like the the shooty games that Mm -hmm. that Dave lets Felix (laughs) play and stuff, that even comes back to be like, oh, like in the shooty game, you got to shoot the zombies. like Right. And not be scared of them because they're not real. Yeah, exactly. It's like everybody's kind of learning from each other as they go along here, uh, except for Probably Josh Gad's character. <laughs> yeah, Josh Gad's character doesn't learn a single thing. He's the worst and uh, also a great character. Like, yeah. Josh Gad plays him so despicably that it's awesome. Oh, my God. He's so, so immensely hateable. And that's another element, too, of this movie that I think is really well played. Like, I said the tractor thing a second ago. That's, like, some great foreshadowing that happens yeah. in the movie mm-hmm. where an element that you thought wasn't going to be all that important or was maybe even just used as a temporary gag earlier actually turns out later to be very important. Yeah. I love with Josh Gad's character. There's all that stuff with the, um, the puppet, like his puppet uh-huh. guy and like the puppet hole at the top of the van that they're in. Yeah. That later comes back to be important and relevant yeah. too. The even like the Vader, the Vader stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, dude, that puppet. I'm telling you, it's one of those things that like, yeah, I understand that that's, unrealistic or whatever but it's, I get it. but, but it's great yeah, <laughs> yeah. it totally totally works in that moment and it was really funny um even felix's like vader fascination like that comes back him using the force on that gate and shit like mm-hmm. so cute man it's that adorable. kid is just fucking adorable yeah i love the that the puppet <laughs> emily pointed this out i hadn't noticed it when i watched it before but when they're shooting all the zombies at the end the puppet gets shot and it looks like brain matter comes out <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yes. That's so stupid. I didn't notice that. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, That's fantastic. Yeah. I. But yeah, there, there's just so many really good moments and like hilarious moments throughout. I, I, I had so much fun with this, but 
particularly Lupita Nyong'o is so good in this. Oh, dude. She is absolutely amazing and gorgeous and really somebody that I I can't wait to see really anything that she's in at this point. She's really chosen some sick roles to be in. Yeah, because this is one where it was like, when I saw that she was in it, I was like, huh, I don't know if I've seen her do just comedy. And uh, this is, that's, that's what she's doing here. I mean, she's not, she's the straight man, I guess. Like, she's... Mm -hmm. She's the one who has to keep it together all the time for the kids. But by doing that, she's facilitating so much other humor. And then there's also the scene where she, like, jams that broken rabbit into, uh, 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 what's his name? Teddy, Teddy McGiggle into his yeah. side. And she's like, you are going to stop fucking saying fuck. <laughs> like, she's oh, just, like, all up on him fucking intimidating as hell she just goes from that real sweet kindergarten teacher to oh shit she's gonna kill you in a second it's great oh yeah dude she whips out the big mom energy Uh so fucking well in this where she is so like kind and caring and like understanding and accepting of all those kids and stuff and just like the most ideal best teacher ever Mm -hmm. and then she will turn on a dime and fucking put these people in their place or start decapitating zombies with shovels and stuff dude she'll get fucking hardcore at a moment's notice that whole scene where she had to like run and get the other EpiPen, which again more foreshadowing earlier in the movie and stuff all the like little beats are set up very well earlier in the flick in this but that scene where she has to like run and get the other EpiPen, and it's just her alone and tons of zombies and stuff it was so fucking tense, man. Yeah. Like, that really was, like, a great moment that reminded me of Shaun of the Dead, where in Shaun of the Dead, yeah, it's funny, and it's kind of aping horror movies and stuff, uh, zombie movies, I mean, but then at the same time, it has real moments of tension. Uh, that moment where she had to run out by herself, I was genuinely like, oh, shit, she's fucked. But then, because she's a badass, makes it through it. Yeah, she she decapitates four dudes with a shovel pretty awesome yeah. <laughs> but also she's uh she's also got a weird backstory of her own where i guess she was stalking hansen <laughs> yes i loved what that a random beat because like that that her character could have very easily fallen into uh, i just care about the kids or whatever adding yeah. that little bit put so much personality into the character where it's like oh she was obsessed with hansen yeah (laughs) so she just loves pop music like in a way that nobody else really gets because she's like she's she's playing taylor swift Swift throughout yeah Mm Hmm. i'll tell you what man shake it off that is one of my guiltless pleasures i fucking love that song and i don't know why it's fine with me i taylor i don't uh dislike taylor swift music i just never think to listen to it like it's not one of those things i want to listen to yeah, I know it's one of those things that whenever I finally get around to like listening to that, um, what was that news record that everybody blew up about? Folklore, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Like think. everybody said that that was fucking amazing, apparently. And I haven't listened to it because I'm with you. I'm like, she's not really on my radar and not because yeah. it's awful or anything like that. I'm just like, yeah, I just I just never really think about it. But Very talented musician, great voice. I, I just don't, the draw, the draw is not there for me. Yeah, she seems like a really uh, a really cool person that is very willing to stand up for her oh, yeah. ideas and stuff too. Uh, Kate cool. watched that that documentary that was on her on like Netflix or something. I think Lindsay or somebody told her to watch it, and she checked it out. Because also Kate doesn't really listen to Taylor Swift either. Right. But I was just like, yeah, I'll watch this documentary. 
And I was here, I'm probably editing video or something like that. And um, just got bits and pieces of it. And I was like, man, for one, she works her ass off, but also kind of doesn't give a fuck about standing up for stuff. And uh, I really admire that. Yeah, all of those pop singers work their ass off. It's real nice when they will actually take some sort of stand. I mean, you know, she's she stood up for Nashville and Planned Parenthood yeah. and stuff like that. So that's that's good. Uh, I'm glad to yeah. hear that. Yeah. She also, um, the the producers had been trying to get to the rights to shake it off and uh, just weren't getting anything back from her, her people. And finally, Lupita Nyong'o called her and was like hey can we use your your song i really want to use your song for this and then like uh, explain to her like how much the song meant to her and stuff and taylor swift really? was like sure you can use it oh so, shit see that's again cool. that's like another another tick on the cool scorecard for old t swift yeah because this isn't like a big budget movie or anything or even like a big movie it, it i don't know that it uh i mean it made one hundred and seventy three thousand dollars in the box office so it wasn't really meant to ever go into theaters i don't think yeah, that's that's not a lot of money, really. No, no. I, yeah, it, it was probably always meant for streaming. I'll tell you what, though. The movie never feels cheap to me because no. I think the way that they did the special effects and like the kills and stuff like that mm-hmm. is Looks all good. very, very clever and very well done. Yeah, it's like there's not um, any like huge special, special effect shots in terms of like when they show the, the decapitations and stuff she's doing you just hear the noise and you see a head roll. Like you don't see an actual yeah. head leaving a body. So it's just like, that's a cost saving measure. But at the same yeah. time, I don't feel cheated by it. And also the zombies themselves are like walking dead level. The zombies uh-huh. look fucking great. They do. they do look really good. And uh, like throughout, I was thinking like, like the, the most it seems they probably spent was just on the makeup because a lot of what they do, a lot of like the, the deaths and stuff of the zombies, you don't see much. Like you see, like when the, when the zombies kill Josh Gad, you see them rip off his face. But beyond that, there's not a lot of like major moments where you see huge effects. It's just a bunch of people in zombie makeup that looks good. So that's where most of your your effects budget goes. And then you have the the zombies getting shot at the end, and it was just like they were spurting blood up. It was so fucking awesome, like all the blood. But again, that's not hard to do either. So they they really effectively use their budget. Yeah, I think so too, man. And it's all mainly in one location. It's in that petting zoo, which, I mean, dude, like if you see the premise on paper of like zombies invade a children's field trip at a petting zoo, fucking sign me up. Like that's right. great. <laughs> and I've never seen that before. So I'm yeah. automatically on board anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think by, you know, kind of centralizing those locations and stuff like that, they probably saved a lot of money there too. I just think it's really well spent. Like this movie mm-hmm. never feels like I got shorted out of anything. Nope. Or that they skimped on something that should have been there. Uh, because the gore and everything, the zombie designs and all that stuff, all, I think, look really, really great. They do. And, you know, I'll say the same for the humor in the movie. I think that it's really fucking funny. It is funny. Like, there was a uh-huh. lot of times in this that I was I was cracking up laughing, uh-huh. man. Me like, too. dude, early, early in the movie when he's at the school and he, like, slams the door on that kid on purpose. <laughs> Just, like, being a dick. <laughs> stuff like that is hilarious. But then, too, man... His whole like plan to you know take his little nephew and go and drop in on his you know ex girlfriend 
and they walk in and she's just like fucking that guy uh-huh. rory uh-huh. roar dude all of that shit was so funny and just so like the last thing i was expecting to see hilarious man there's so much funny stuff in this movie yeah. is there anything in particular that stood out to you that made you laugh about it well okay there particularly there's you were talking about the moment where he <laughs> crushes the fat kid behind the door yeah <laughs> he also right after that he's like uh felix i'm gonna go buddy felix i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah <laughs> just just so like, i like, want everybody to see the kid yeah. turning to say bye to me yes he was like like th- this will impress her i'll yell to get his attention <laughs> like he's yeah. just so dumb i i love i, I also love when <laughs> he's he's like he, he tells his sister uh, that, uh, you know, what just happened when he took her, uh, uh, Felix over in the Darth Vader costume to his girlfriend's house. And his sister's like, uh, you took Felix to watch people have sex? And he's like, well, not intentionally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did turn out that way. Yeah, it did turn out that way, though, yeah. Yeah, and he's got his fucking band, and he brings that guitar with him everywhere just so he can be a cool guy everywhere, everywhere. he goes and stuff. Like, he's got he it just, everywhere. He just sucks. Like, so much of the movie, he is just absolutely a piece of fucking garbage. But, yeah. I mean, I really do like the fact that by the end of the movie, this guy's cool again. Like, you're kind of on his yeah. side because he grows up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. I mean, you want him to succeed from the beginning, kind of, but you're also like, well, this is not the way for that to happen. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you were bad with your girlfriend, you're bad with your sister, and you're bad with your nephew. Like, you gotta get better at being a person, buddy. And he does. Yeah, and that's like, that's like the real, like, I think draw of a lot of rom coms is watching two people who weren't exactly happy or weren't exactly in a good place coming together and now being in a good place yeah that's exactly it man right yeah and so like this this movie shows us uh, a, a good character arc and then also shows us miss caroline who we think you know there, there's all sorts of reasons in a in a rom-com where like they'll they'll avoid really adding to the the woman character in the relationship and right. then it it just comes off as this like winning a prize type of thing. She by adding the depth of like the Hanson stuff and like showing her as the badass she is, like she's not just a prize to be won. She's this very particular individual and she likes him for very particular reasons. Like the relationship mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And she's also not a damsel in distress yeah, in this zombie infested world right. like she's the one that does basically all of the asking exactly <laughs> she's the badass the whole time and everybody else is just catching up yeah pretty much man yeah she really is fantastic in this um one element i want to talk about about this movie is you know with this being an australian movie to us people here in the united states <laughs> this is a little bit of an outsider perspective of how the rest of the world views Americans, uh-huh. especially the American <laughs> military. military. Mm-hmm. How do you think the Americans and the American military were portrayed in this, Steve? Pretty accurately, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean honestly, uh, you know, it, it is it is 
the over the top version of of American uh, soldiers, but it's also pretty accurate to what other people have to deal with from us. So, yeah, they're they're trigger happy and they're like they're about to kill those kids, and then they hear that it's kids, and the general's like, "I can't shoot kids." again again yeah it's like (laughs) the the depth of of uh the how do you put it hatred of the u.s military i would say that's probably what it is is this at at least disdain for the the world police uh attitude we've taken on uh yeah yeah it's always funny it's never like it never feels like uh overly biting satire it's just like the silly it's over the top but it's also kind of accurate oh yeah totally man yeah it's not just like fuck america or anything like that but at the same time you do get the impression that it's just like yeah and the rest of the world we're just kind of the people that have military bases um everywhere yeah we just have americans living here on a military base (laughs) that's not weird yeah yeah oh man yeah, but like you said, there's all this that stuff in there where they're just like, zombies again? Are they fast or slow this time? <laughs> it's just like, we keep doing the same problems again and again, and also unleashing problems on other places in the world again yeah, and this, again. The outbreak here is very much the fault of the, the U.S. military. So, yeah, <laughs> we have unleashed our uh, science experiments on another civilization. Yeah, yeah. Which is one of those things, man, that whenever you get to see this perspective uh, is very, very eye-opening. Because mm-hmm. I think especially, you know, with us growing up here, especially in the South where there is a lot of patriotism and, and, and pride right. in America and stuff like that, I think that we have always been told from day one that, like, America is the best place in the world and everybody mm-hmm. knows it. Everybody wants to live here. Everybody wants to be like us. And uh, That's whenever you get that outside perspective and you realize it's just like, yeah, actually not, not, not true. Nope. really. Nope. It's kind of shocking to be like, oh, we were just kind of being fed propaganda. Yeah, we were being lied to national by pride. a whole bunch of adults and all of the organizations we were supposed to trust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just some outside perspective that I think is a little bit refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we see that in movies and it's very, you know, satirized and you get the obnoxious American tourists and stuff like that. But then you realize like, eh, that's, that's just kind of actually how we are in other places right. in the world. So yeah, it's it healthy is. to have a little bit of outside perspective every now and then to see what the rest of the world actually thinks of you. And whenever a movie is not being fueled by Hollywood American producer Megabucks, right. how they will portray us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's Okay. Uh, Hollywood does have to be careful because oftentimes the military is the hand that feeds them. Oh, yeah, man. So they, oh, yeah. They don't get to say all the things they want to say, maybe, or maybe they don't even want to say them. But in this case, they can just be like, this is how we see the military. And it's it's uh, pretty accurate. <laughs> pretty accurate. <laughs> One element of this movie that I really enjoyed was the way that uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character turns everything into a game as a teaching exercise because mm-hmm. I think any effective teacher knows that whenever you're having fun, you're learning the best. And yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. Also keeping the kids from panicking, you know, by turning it into she, a game. You could watch yeah. this and be like, she's lying to the kids well, and saying that this is all part of the game. But then you're also like, I don't know. She's kind of keeping this together because kind of no other way to handle it at that point. Yeah. And they're five. They can't possibly grasp the reality of the situation ahead of them uh and trying to make them do it is only going to lead to chaos and death so (laughs) you probably are better off telling a little white lie to get them safe and then you can be like later in their life remember that zombie attack and they'd be like oh yeah (laughs) we formed a conga line to escape them and Uh stay together like dude all the ways that she Yeah, seriously. And all the ways that she comes up with to like explain what's going on where you can tell she's like holy fuck. Like on on the, you know, below the surface level, she's like totally panicking like mm-hmm. what the fuck do I do? But then up front she's just like it's a conga line. We yep. all got to stay together. Mm-hmm. And if you get out of line, if one of them touches you, it's like playing tag and you lose. So don't get touched. Mhm. Yeah. All that stuff is just so so fucking brilliant, man. It is. And it, it's I mean, that ability that is something like, you know, I, I've seen from some parents and I've seen from some elementary school teachers that ability to really communicate with children on their level is so amazing. Like, the, oh, yeah. Like to be able to do that in such a stressful situation, like the movie does so much to establish that Miss Caroline is fucking awesome without oh, any yeah. of the traditional like having her walk in slow-mo with like fuzzy lighting and a a big song playing or whatever like that's the way you show value in other rom-coms that's how Zack Snyder does I looked at her (laughs) and I heard a song (laughs) in this case her value is so high like she she's she's talented she is very good with children she's very good at her job she's also very good in a very tense situation she knows what's up. She can always like figure things out really quickly and come up with a plan. She is a badass. Like throughout the movie, she's established as a badass without ever having to resort to anything cheap. Like there's no like uh, you know, quick cut-ins to her face like let's go kill some fucking zombies or anything. Like <laughs> she's a badass just by doing kindergarten teacher stuff. Yeah, they never go full Bruce Campbell yeah. on her, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely, man. And one element about her character, as well as Josh Gad's character, and I'm trying to figure out how our main character, Dave, how he fits into this, too, is we have this element of the face that people show to kids versus the face that they wear when they're not around kids. Because, obviously, Josh Gad being Mr. What's his character's name? Mr. Tiddlywinks or whatever? <laughs> Teddy McGiggle. Teddy McGiggles, yeah. Like... You know, he's this, like, happy, bubbly, ridiculous uh, children's TV show host, but privately he's, like, a raging alcoholic that'll fucking drink cleaning products and, yeah, sex addict and just a real piece of garbage. And then you have, you know, like we said, Lupita, who will be really cool with these kids, talk with them on their level without talking down to them, turn things into games so they can learn better and survive this experience. And then her private face is, like, okay, I can be a fucking badass and get these guys in line and be really hardcore. I feel like Dave doesn't really have much of a difference between yeah, his... Yeah, he does not have a private... Like, he has not figured out that um, you have to talk to people on their level. He hasn't figured that out yet. And um, Yeah. 
you know, yeah, Teddy McGiggle is is faking. He knows how to talk to kids on their level, but he hates them. Uh, Dave talks to kids like he talks to anybody, which is kind of his appeal for kids because kids do like to be talked to like adults. Sure. But it also makes him bad at actually communicating with the kids. And he starts to figure that out. That's his arc is that he figures out later after Felix has had his like anaphylactic moment and they're all like get laying down for bed and uh, Felix's girlfriend, Beth, is scared and they do the like uh, the rhyme about the monster or whatever. That's oh, yeah. where you see Dave suddenly like able to talk to kids. He starts to see like, oh, what my sister did with me when I was little is what I need to do with them. Yeah, he finally kind of understands it, and that character begins to to grow and mm-hmm. understand what he needs to do and how he needs to grow up. And, you know, this isn't one of those movies where it's just like, you need to quit playing guitar and be a grown-up right. and wear yeah, a that's suit. Not like, ever it's even, not really that. Yeah, that's not on the line at all. You can play guitar all you want. You can be in a band all you want. But you need Hell to be yeah. an adult. <laughs> that's right you need to host a podcast exactly a YouTube channel real adult shit <laughs> yeah real adult stuff right there man <laughs> drinking beer is at 4 p.m and stuff like that <laughs> like an adult like an adult yeah but i like the way that his character grows without being completely like no you don't need to be who you are you know who you are don't be that like right you know there, there's a healthy level of growth that we rarely see in movies like this where somebody is a immature fuck up and they're just told hey you need to not be you anymore right that's like not realistic and that's not how growth really works you know i feel like the way his character changes is very organic where he's like you know what i'm kind of a kid myself i can entertain these kids and talk with them on their level because of that like that's kind Mm -hmm. of a strength in his case that he is so childlike in a lot of ways you know yeah i've definitely met those people who do that rom-com thing where they're like i have to become the complete opposite of myself they're never happy no the people with them are never happy because the person they're with is always being fake and you're exactly right like he they the character brings the good things along with him like he keeps there's a lot of good he's charming he's funny like he he you know they don't really show him play songs much but that one song he played he seemed to be doing okay he's got talent <laughs> so shred like, it dude yeah all of those things are positive there's no re- reason to leave those behind the, the goal of a relationship is not to, for two people to become two completely different people it's for two people to come together and have a relationship together meaning they relate they're yeah, not they're, the same that word person. is in there relate <laughs> they are relating to one another like i don't get you i don't get you here's me oh now i get it that's how you relate <laughs> that is relating yeah, yeah by definition right yeah so th- this does a much better job in that rom-com genre of of establishing an actual relationship where you're like oh okay i could see them maybe having a, a relationship after this and it maybe being good yeah, I think so too, man. And I'll tell you what, man, like we're we're sitting here singing the praises of this movie and and like honestly, I don't really have any complaints yeah, per I se. Like I, don't I can't either. think of anything else I would want out of this, but we are apparently not the majority there because I went on mm-hmm. the IMDb. Uh-huh. Let's hear about it. 
I started reading on some reviews, and man alive, there was a lot of people that really hated this movie, and <laughs> I just don't know what the fuck they were looking for, man. Like, a lot of the negative reviews that I was reading, and there are a lot of them, were like, man, this movie was just so unnecessarily crude. So many F-bombs. What? I know, and you're like, did you think this was a kid's movie? Like, a movie to watch for children? Like, it's... <sighs> It's so much R. unnecessary blood it's... and gore. Like people complain about the blood and gore, and it's like what? it's like you said, yeah, it's fucking rated R. What are you looking for here? I wish this was just a rom com about some sweet people. Oh, okay, yeah, Those maybe exist. shop for something in the Reese Witherspoon category. I guess. <laughs> I wish this was Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is that it was like I read those reviews where I'm like, man, these people are just looking for a different movie, and I can totally see that in myself because I I realize I have not only just with movies but just with things in general I have a really bad habit of um, having an expectation for something about mm. what I expect it to be uh-huh. whether that be a, a movie or a, a menu item at a restaurant or like right. a guitar amp or pedal like in my head I, I build an expectation of what I think something is supposed to be and Whenever it shows up and it's not the thing I expected it to be, I have a bad habit oftentimes of being like, well, therefore it's bad. It's not what I right. expected. Okay. Without being able to just appreciate it for what it is. Like, oh, my expectation doesn't really matter. This thing is what it is. And maybe it's perfect for what it is, but it's not my expectation. So therefore I think it's yeah. bad or dumb or whatever. I realize that that's a fault of mine. And um, it's something that I should definitely try to try to correct. But it makes me realize, man, there's a lot of people like me out there in the there world. Are, yeah, now that you put it in words, it's like, yeah, I think I a lot of people are like that. Like, I think I think that's why maybe one of the things I hate about previews is I've had so many experiences where people have disliked a preview of a movie that I like, and it's like, well, it's not that, though. The preview's bad. <laughs> the movie's oh, different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. There are a lot of people that probably are in that same boat where it's just like, well, it's not, it doesn't meet, like you build up what you think it's going to be. So you're expecting those beats. Like, where's this thing? Where's that thing? Yeah. And, totally, and the movie's man. like, well, I'm not that. I wish I was enough for you. <laughs> See, I didn't watch a trailer for this movie or anything. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if like the trailer made it look like. Maybe so. It was something very different, yeah. and that tainted people's expectations for it. But, you know, just I just want you guys to know, whenever you go online and you read the reviews for this thing and people are just like, it was just nasty. There was no need for these people to be so crude. He right. masturbated to a picture. It was disgusting. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so gross and so stupid, man. So stupid. Yeah. Uh, but but like when you read those reviews, just keep in mind, it, it's probably people that were just really expecting one thing and they had their mm. mindset on it being that thing. Like somehow this was going to be some kid friendly zombie movie that was rated R. Like I don't I right. really don't know what you're fucking looking for here. Uh, but I, I think it really just does everything exactly as it should be. I think that this movie is very well paced i never got mm -hmm. bored at any moment in there it seemed to flow from set piece to set piece very well giving me just enough information about these characters and the situation without just completely bogging any flow of the movie down with like well there was a virus and the united states government was experimenting with it and right. like 
there could have been like an opening care. crawl that explained all that or something and it's like why like all of this is perfectly understandable like i don't, I don't need yeah. any any extra uh exposition to explain uh boy likes girl zombies are there that's fine that's enough yeah. for me you know it's like i don't really need anything further from that so i think this movie did its job very well it kept me laughing mm-hmm. It kept me, uh, you know, squeamish at some of the gore and stuff in there. Definitely. Even some of the like the the petting zoo gore is very uh-huh. well with done. The too, guy by with the way. the, the uh, quills in his face because he ate the. Ooh, echidna. that was cool. Yeah, that, yeah, was, cool. that was awesome. I like that a lot. And then like funny shit too, where she puts the scarecrow thing on that one zombie to <laughs> kind of yes. hide him from the kids. Yes. And he comes back later. And he's got like the beard <laughs> and the hat on and shit. That was really funny. That's fucking funny stuff. The, like that's something that would be in Shaun of the Dead. Too. The guy who grabbed her fanny pack off, and we see him several times just walking around with it, like just holding it out, and then she grabs it as they're driving by, as they're leaving. I love. Oh yeah, that man. Bit. Yeah. And I already know that our our faithful dead lobsters are laughing at our use of the word fanny pack. We're talking fanny. about a bum bag. It's a bum uh, bag, yeah. isn't it? Her bum bag. Oi, it's a bum bag, isn't it? She called. She called the. Uh, the the shot that they needed a drenny penny and i i need what? any of our aussie listeners to let me know if drenny penny is what you call that because that's, that's the amazing. funniest thing i like that a lot man you know now that i think about it though it's like fanny pack is obviously very hilarious to the brits bum bag is funny to us it's funny to us it's yeah. just like there, there just needs to be a better word for that thing i guess yeah. huh like like huh. waste pack how about that? that? That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Waste purse. Whatever. There you go. Waste purse. I want to get a waste purse. purse. <laughs> Replace my bun bag with it. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I just think this is put together very well. And like I said, like all the, the little foreshadowing elements that were earlier in the movie, I think paid off very nicely. I don't feel like there was any dangling threads at the end of this. No. And, you know, at the end of it, it's like there's not like a super wrapped up like, and then there were no more zombies in the world. Nope. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, we don't get we don't get a like full on conclusion to everything. It's just like yeah, it doesn't end at their wedding or anything right, like that. Yeah. Like we even their relationship the isn't set in stone. Yeah, we don't and even that's... know if they're going to have a relationship or anything. Like, there's no indication of that. They kiss at the end, but it's not like we're gonna get married now. Yeah, and that's totally fine by me. Like, I feel like this movie didn't need anything more than than what it gave us. So. I don't really have much anything to complain about. Do you have any complaints about this? No. I love this movie. I, I think it's extremely enjoyable. I mean, I'm not going to say it's like a 10 or anything. Because nah. it's not like the most perfect movie. It doesn't hit all of my buttons or whatever. But as a rom-com goes, and I can't think of many better that yeah. uh, really give you two people that you root for and you kind of are like i bet they would be good together so for me this is like it's pretty high i'm gonna give this like an eight and a half yeah i was thinking eight like eight is yeah. where i would put this too or i was like i would gladly re-watch this again um i don't think that i'm gonna like rewatch it and find new depths to it or anything like that like oh no it's just gonna be fun every time yeah totally man and even a movie like let's say Shaun of the dead which is i think it's closest cousin like there's a lot of things in there where you can pick up on, you know, the fifth or sixth watch where yeah. there's all kinds of little details in there that you never really noticed before. I don't think that this has that level of depth, but I also don't think that 
this suffers because it doesn't have that level of depth. Like, I don't even think this would be better if it did. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I think an eight is where I would put this thing. And I hope that you guys enjoy it, too. Let us know what you think about it on the Facebook, Instagram, and Discord pages. Yeah, at Dead Lovely Pod on, fa- on uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. And head on over to our Patreon where we have just put up a new Patreon exclusive episode and we, we need you to hear it. We need your input. So head on over there, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely, become a patron at any level and you get uh, access to the Patreon exclusive stuff, become a $5 patron and you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl here. And we randomly draw from it and review that movie at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. We take a big old puff out of that bowl. We toke on that bowl and we pull out whatever you put in there. And we just kind of ruminate and puff on it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what we do. <laughs> and then we talk about a movie. Then we talk about a movie. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that can be your movie if you support us at five bucks a month. So there. Exactly. Now it's that's a sales pitch. That's a sales pitch right there. I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. Next week, we are going to be covering a movie that I am personally quite excited about. His House. It's on Netflix. So be sure to tune in next week when we'll be deep diving into that old thing. Hope everybody out there is staying healthy and stuff. Uh, if you can, go out and get that poke, get that vaccination. That way we can get back to recording this show in, in person, person. And I can get my, my fancy ass on stage and play some rock shows and stuff again as well as just keeping your Meemaw and all them safe. You got to keep your Meemaw and them took care of now. So yeah. go out there and get that vaccination. Get a poke if you can. Get poked. <laughs> get poked, y'all. And uh, be sure to wash your hands. And your ass. Tune in next week for the newest installment of Dead and Lovely with Uncle Ben. And Hollywood Steve. Bye. Bye. I had a dream last night that was fucking amazing, and I'm not entirely convinced that it was a dream. I think it may have even been a vision into an alternate reality. Okay. Because in this dream, the British Bulldog, (laughs) Davy Boy Smith, Uh won the presidential election, narrowly beating out his opponent, Shawn Michaels. Wow. (laughs) This was an actual dream. I would think people would vote for the sexy boy. You know, I was thinking that they should vote for the American because that's the that's thing in the point. dream. The biggest thing I was blown away by is I was like, can a British guy be president of America? Are we going back to Britain? You know, what? all he had to do was be a Republican and they were like, eh, no, it's fine now. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> now it's good. <laughs> I definitely would have rather had a sexy boy that is not your boy toy. Yeah. At the helm. Your favorite uh, murderer of women. <laughs> yeah. No. Female murderer, Shawn Michaels. Oh, Shawn! No, Shawn! Mr. President! <laughs> I mean, it would be a lot cooler song to come out to than fucking YMCA. Let's be honest. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And they'd get JR to be his press secretary. <laughs> I like where this is going. Yeah. I think this is a vision of a reality I would like to poke my head into every Hell now yeah. and then. <laughs>